I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Good morning and welcome back to the Katie's. Hello. Good to, good to see all of you, even though yeah, we can't see any of you. you beautiful today. You do. Is that a new haircut? <laughs> Gosh. Sorry. <laughs> Took, it's okay. We're already yeah. a little loopy today. Yeah. It's kind slap of been happy. Slap happy. Yeah, it's been the vibe today. But we are so excited. We're going to jump right into this episode today because we have a special guest who is actually always with us, mm-hmm. but just silently. You never hear from him. We have but the Holy our... Spirit in the studio today. <laughs> <laughs> In reality, though, <laughs> yes. And our producer, Matt Foreman, is with us today. What's up? He is actually controlling everything from this mighty little iPad, and he's sitting in with us, and it's so fun. Total little change of scenery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. We are so happy to have you, Matt. So to start, would you just give us a little summary? Who is Matt? What's your life? What do you do? Yeah. So um, I am a music producer. As you guys know, I uh, do a lot of stuff with podcasts, music, all that. Love that. Yep. Um, love music. I'm also a musician um, and an artist, so I enjoy all of that. But uh, f- some of you probably don't know, I'm also a uh, youth leader mm-hmm. for our church. Um, so I've been doing youth ministry at Foothills Church for going on six years now, Long which is time. crazy. That's so crazy. Um, so leading the high school students and junior high students, um, different events, planning, all we that stuff. We basically started as interns together. We did. That's pretty that's crazy. True. And I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy times. Um, so I do that, and then I work full-time for the church in whatever they <laughs> want me to <laughs> yeah, do, you're, basically. You're a teacher. You're a musician. You do all the things. Yeah, so it's a joy. I'm very blessed. Yeah. Yeah, he's also uh, the father to a, a guest we had on a couple <laughs> episodes back. Rose Foreman. Yes. True. Oh, the delight of life. She is just so incredible. And he has a beautiful wife that we just couldn't love more than we do. Mm-hmm. He's the best. We love Matt. Matt's a renaissance man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm very grateful for you guys uh, mentioning my wife and daughter for me because yeah. I'm such a dude and just completely <laughs> Hey, we knew they needed a shout out. It's okay. It's we okay. know you're shouting them out in your heart. It's true. So we're just speaking for you you know they're just they're so part of your heart that you don't even think to mention them because it's like they're just here with you that's what that was yeah Uh totally absolutely so we have our (laughs) classic get to know you questions that we're going to be asking matt today a little interested to see what he's going to say here but katie why don't you ask the first one okay first one this one's more tame than our second one but we're going to dive in and see what you have for us i'm ready if you had to encapsulate your personality into a coffee order what would it be and why Okay, so first off, it is a caramel latte. It is the That's your order. Only the thing yeah. that I order when I go get coffee <laughs> yeah. every time, for the most part. Um, unless they're out of caramel and then I get really sad. And maybe I'll get a mocha or something. Mm-hmm. Or just black coffee at that point. Yeah. But the so reasoning a- behind it is consistency for me. I feel like I'm a very consistent person. And yeah, the reason why are. I get a caramel latte no matter where I go is because I know what it should taste like. And it's kind of like my test yeah. of everything. Um, and generally, they're really consistent across the board, no matter where you go. So uh, that's, that's a great answer. Coffee. That is a great answer. And it answer. fits you very well. And Absolutely. we both have worked as baristas in coffee shops that you've attended. We know your order. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. yeah, he walks up. It's like, I'm already <laughs> pumping the caramel. Right. <laughs> well, and as your friend, you are. You're very consistent. You're mm-hmm. a man of integrity. And that's something that we appreciate about you. Yeah, absolutely. So next question. This is a good one. <laughs> you are on death row. And you are awaiting the electric chair. 
And you get your last meal from a world-class chef that kind of might be held captive in this prison. We don't yeah. know. We haven't determined it's the, a vague situation. the situation. Yeah. But it's going to be perfect, whatever it is. And I know you love food, so I'm excited. <laughs> we have to make a lore for whatever this I know. Uh, they have to have a name. <laughs> chef guy is Seriously? at some point. Yeah. It's been like just morphing this whole time. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, my not so serious answer is I would uh, never allow myself to be captured in such a way. <laughs> first off, you know what? That we were joking about him like eating the drywall. He's like, "That's my last meal." <laughs> I'm freaking out. Whatever it takes, um, I'm getting out of there. Secondly, uh, it would definitely be tortellini. Oh man, I just mm. adore tortellini with yeah. everything in me, and when it's made like really, cheese really well. Uh, cheese, maybe some options, you yeah. know, some cheese tortellini, <laughs> like a, like a buffet, like a, like, yeah, like a spread, a pasta, a bar. sampler, yeah. pasta <laughs> sampler, I don't know, something, but it's like that, maybe some sides, you know, some garlic bread, all that jazz oh, yeah. to drink. Honestly, if it's my last day, I'm just going water. For real? Yeah. <laughs> Actually? Just like, Can I get a glass of water? <laughs> <laughs> you have this like massive... Multicultural just, pasta spread. I'm and like, like, oh. I'll just take some water, honestly. Can somebody pass me my hydro flask? <laughs> <laughs> and then I pummel the guards uh, to death. Weep my way through the drywall. <laughs> Cough up the key. I swallowed uh, yesterday. Exactly. So gotta gotta be on water for that so you can be focused. Perfect. So true. I forgot. <laughs> so good. Well, we we have Matt on today for a reason. We we love Matt, we love what he has to say, but also specifically uh, last week, he spoke at our young adults ministry. He's a home group pastor in that ministry. And so he gave this message on open doors and specifically the danger of open doors. And Katie and I were sitting there listening and just processing and thinking, this is something that we've like discussed before yeah. and that we think is so important and so misunderstood. And the way that Matt articulated this was something we thought you all would benefit from. So you're going to get to hear it today. But Matt, do you want to give us a little bit of an intro into the main the main passage you use for this message? We're talking about Saul and David. Yeah. Um, well, let me just say also, like the reason why this message is so important to me is I find that um, not only culturally right now is there such an issue and a misunderstanding of what open doors mean for us, but I feel like I've walked and made mistakes mm -hmm. with opportunities and doors um, in my own life. So whenever I like give this message, it like reminds me of all these different things that I've like tried to do or force myself into. Yeah. And when we say doors, we just mean opportunities, like places that the Lord is taking us, like something different, something new. And uh, part of the Bible that always sticks out to me where we really get a good glimpse and a picture of an open door is King David specifically him and his relationship with Saul and all that's going on with that. Um, as probably all you know, David was anointed as a very, very young boy mm -hmm. to be king. And then he wasn't king for a long time after that, um, up to 25 years afterwards, 15 Jeez. to 25 years. Crazy. Which um, as a child is like the craziest thought to me of being like, you're going to be king and then just sit with that for the rest of your life. And not oh, only yeah. sit with it, like struggle and suffer yeah. for yeah. so much of that time exactly. waiting. Yeah. So um, and Saul is currently king. The reason why David has been anointed to be king is because God is trying to move Saul out of this position um, and give it over to someone else because Saul 
who once was chosen by the Lord and was meant to honor the Lord is not doing so. Mm -hmm. He's failing at um, his call from the Lord. So God is raising somebody up. Now, David's got an awesome opportunity in all of this, yet there's a lot of waiting. Um, I've also used this passage before for messages explaining how God takes those times of waiting to equip us and prepare us mm-hmm. for the tasks that he has. Yeah. We see a lot of that in David's life as well. Yeah. But this one particular instance, we get to see a really good picture. If we look at 1 Samuel 24, um, you got to read the whole thing for context, but we get this moment where David is currently hiding from Saul. He's running from Saul, who's trying to hunt him down and kill him. Saul has a whole army. Mm-hmm. They find this place where David is. They don't know he's there, but David is hiding in this cave. Saul goes into the cave, and this is where this door, this open door, is set before David. Mm-hmm. Saul is vulnerable. He's all alone. He's surrounded, and David has an opportunity to take Saul's life. In every facet, the way this looks, this looks like the Lord. Like this yeah, looks like, like God has given the greatest opportunity. Like it's yeah. perfect. And his men, setup. the men that are with David are saying that. They're like, look, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. God has clearly done this. Yeah. God has given Saul into our hands. Like this is the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and even from David's perspective, if we can get ourselves in the mind of David, it's so easy to see how like, this just feels like one, God's done this thing. And even if it wasn't like an intentional thing, Saul just happened to walk into our hands. Like I'm doing God a favor by yeah. killing yeah. Saul in this moment. And all that, like, I know that it's right for me to be king. So this isn't yeah. even like, there's a lot of, yeah. you don't even have to do mental gymnastics to arrive no, at that No, there's conclusion. not a lot of guesswork. It's kind of like, uh, you have obviously told me that the outcome of my life is I'm going to be king. This king is absolutely ruining everybody's lives. Yeah. And... I have the chance to take him out. Like, yeah, like this isn't a coincidence. Clearly no. God's put him here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the most perfect opportunity as far as what we can see. Yet, as we know, David does not kill Saul. He cuts off a piece of his robe, which even in that he's like feels guilt yeah. about for um, touching him and like yeah. harming his clothing, Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. It's like he didn't do anything to him, but he cut right. some clothes off. And he's like, the reason is because God, has commanded us to honor our authorities that have been placed over us, Mm -hmm. which is such a crazy thought to think of. Um, And it's such a difficult thing of like this balance of learning how to honor governing authorities and people that God has placed in our life, even when they choose wickedness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And commit like heinous, unfair, unjust crimes against us. And how do we continue to honor them? So there's a whole nother message in there. But this is a door that in every conceivable way seems good, mm-hmm. like seems like it's from the Lord. But it's not. And David knew this and David was able to see this because of his close relationship with the Lord. And this is why I call this message the danger of open doors, because there's such a cultural tendency to feel like every opportunity that is available to us is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like every single situation where it just seems obvious or seems easy. It's like, this has got to be God. And right. so I'm just going to take it. People switch jobs very, very regularly. And often mm-hmm. people switch churches for new opportunities or different opportunities. And there's no real consideration of just because the door is open doesn't mean it's from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this is something that when you were giving the message on Tuesday, I was really thinking about a lot. Mm-hmm. You made some really good points. And I think 
that this spot might be something worth like sitting on for a second because you were mentioning specifically like and I I'm sure you'll mention this a little bit later but youth leaders like this is a big problem with youth leaders yeah is they'll this came up in your message yeah for like a year two years max and then move on to the next bigger better thing and what I guess what do you think are some of the long-term consequences we're seeing of this kind of I'll call it an epidemic, <laughs> yeah. you know, of people staying for such minimal time and then leaving. Yeah, so I've been in youth groups before where I've had the leader of the group leave and then congratulations, Matt, now you're in charge of the group. Yeah. The uh, conversations with students and with people that are left in that group is kind of like world changing mm -hmm. when you really hear it and really change my perspective on commitment and my willingness to go far above and beyond what... I normally would think right. was required, but there's like genuine difficulty and struggle and hurt from kids when yeah. people leave right. their life. And it's not, you could even be in the best circumstances. It could be like so-and-so got a new job and they just work on Wednesday nights anymore. They can't yeah. be a small group, but the kids, they get that to a degree, but they miss most of it. And all they see is that your job is more important than me. Yeah, Like mm -hmm. that's what it goes down to. Yeah. Um, so it's like you get all of these repercussions of it and it's just, we never want to be rash or hasty in decisions. Yeah. Like that's such a huge part of this is like, if it's something that just happens and it's sprung on everybody, you're going to leave on bad terms and there's going to leave a hole that needs to be filled quickly. Mm -hmm. And then it causes all sorts of other issues where if you are really, really intentional and prayerfully considering things and seeking the Lord um, there's like a, an easy release and it's always, it's always difficult losing somebody. Like we can't make yeah. any mistake about that. Yeah. There's, I've had youth leaders leave my ministry or my groups that, um, needed to, and that's okay. And yeah. it was all on good terms. Maybe they went off to a different church, whatever. Um, it doesn't get any easier necessarily Yeah. from, um, we're going to miss them. Right. But the reality is that the amount of like hurt or pain that's left behind is like so much more diminished um, and sometimes non-existent at all when everybody's fully understanding like this is the Lord and this is what the Lord's leading. Yeah. I um, think it's really fast. I just think there's a couple of things there. One is that there's a, there's a right way to leave. <laughs> you know, there's, there is like, there are always going to be times when something inevitable or, you know, a leader with a child that gets sick or like something happens and, yeah. you know, there's grace, <laughs> but also getting into youth ministry specifically with, with children and young adults is not something to do lightly. Yeah. And it's not something to do without your own accountability and discipling. And also it's not something to do without, you know, a clear understanding of what it means. And it, specifically those age groups, so much of the way that we even just like relate to them and the way that they're understanding relationships with people that are older than older than them and all this stuff. Like it's not just like it is for us as adults where it's like, oh, it's relationships and we understand how to categorize them and process them and all this stuff. Like they are informing their understanding of God based yeah. on our relationship with them. And it can be deeply like yeah. deeply harmful when we as adults handle those things flippantly and are like, oh, I love you and blah, blah, blah. And I'll do anything for you. And then I'm gone. Like that's so yeah. confusing when we're the ones like preaching the Lord to these people and preaching the word of God to these children. And then we're like backing out of our word and, yeah. you know, did you mean what you said? And does your word have value? And can I trust what you even said about God? And it's just, yeah. it's so much bigger than, yeah, it's so much bigger than just, you know, 
youth ministry yeah. and the way that we view it. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we've gotten a slightly sidetracked off of um, talking about open doors. Right, right, right. Sorry. But um, I, I mean, I love youth ministry, so maybe we can talk about that another time. Also, <laughs> um, all this to say, if I find that like we're finding in this story is that there's this stigma in the church and this kind of attitude that any open door is from God. And one of the biggest things that I've been trying to teach people and show people is that it's not only God who opens doors, right? Like mm -hmm. Satan can open doors in your life. People can open doors in your life mm -hmm. and not every door is meant to be walked through. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think that more doors are meant to be walked away from than walked through in your life. Mm -hmm. um, Cause God is a God of consistency. He's not going to just randomly take you from one place to a new place. God wants people to be stationed in different areas, in different um, countries in different states, in different cities, in different churches for his purposes, for his long-term goal. God is not a temporary God, mm -hmm. right? He's not a immediate, like fast microwave God. That's just like, <laughs> let's go from one thing to the next. It's he's very consistent and his goals are um, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years ahead of ours. Yeah. Um, and even beyond that. So we have to like get our perspective off of this immediate and put it on something so much greater. And when we do that, you begin to find that that consistency is far more important and that God is going to keep you in certain places a lot longer than you might want <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, or you might feel comfortable with, but that is what's good. And if that's what's right for his kingdom, then that's where we need to be. And that's where true joy and satisfaction will be found. Mm -hmm. Amen. So you had in this message, three signs that a door is not from God. So I think, we should discuss these three things. Yeah. So what's the first one, Matt? Three signs that a door is not from the Lord. The first one is that it requires you to reject biblical authority. Mm -hmm. This is the um, understanding that if any opportunity goes against the word of God, his truth, his scripture, obviously it's not from him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, my easiest example is that if this door requires you to murder your family, there's an issue here, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's obvious to us in those facets but it gets a lot more detailed than that and it gets more difficult yeah. often we talk about parts of the bible that we almost consider gray areas where it's it's hard sometimes to discern what the lord might be trying to teach us but it's if you're intentional with it you're not gonna falter or make too many mistakes in this um yeah. people who are not intentional i promise you you're gonna make a lot of mistakes and you're gonna unintentionally end up in places that are in rejection of the lord the other one is the church, mm -hmm. and this is where people mess up a lot. God's biblical authority, he set up his standards. Obviously, God is our ultimate authority, but he's given us um, parents. He's given us the church. He's given us all these different things that are his institutions of authority, and we need to honor them. Mm -hmm. We need to respect them. Um, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey your leaders, submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account one day. So let them do this with joy, not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. Mm -hmm. And we see this over and over and over again in scripture where God puts such an importance on his church, his leaders, the people that he's entrusted and he's given this stewardship responsibility. Yeah. It is not only a blessing and a benefit to you to honor them, right? And to have this um, attitude of obedience. And it's not, it's not like anything your church leaders tell you to do, do, right? This isn't like put yourself in an abusive situation sort of thing. But it's um, a, like a deep found respect. Like these people have given their lives to the Lord in order to invest in you. Mm -hmm. yeah. like let's take 
that really seriously. Let's like hold fast to that. And uh, when it comes to big decisions or big opportunities, big doors in your life, like let's be really considerate of the church that we're in and the leaders in that church to run things by them. Um, most of our leaders and our authorities in the church would love to be able to give some more advice to you. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them love giving advice to you, like regardless of whether you want it or not all the time. But when you are able to approach an authority in your life and say, hey, I've got this situation going on, um, new job opportunity, whatever it is, even in the smaller things and say, what do you really think about this? Do you think this is from the Lord? Can you pray with me in these things? Mm -hmm. Like maybe let's, um, I've done this before where we do, we'll do a fast for like a week. I'm like, I'm going to fast for a week. Can you fast with me? And we're just going to pray and seek the Lord and figure out, Lord, what do you want to do? Like, where is it? Where are you leading us? Is this really you? Is it not? Because this is going to have a huge impact Mm -hmm. on the next 10, 20, 30 plus years of my life. And that's a lot of your life that you don't want to waste somewhere that you don't want to be. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. There's one thing I would like to say in in this section. First of all, I think a great pairing episode um, specifically for this topic is the first time we had David on talking about authority. That would be a great one to kind of reference if you are like scared by this authority topic, which is understandable. That would be a great one to reference. And then second of all, I think that this is such a good reason to be so intentional about the community that you place yourself in because you don't want to reach these pivotal crossroad moments in life and then look around and realize you don't have an authority figure that you trust or that you have invested in a relationship with or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that's just like a small caveat that came to my head. Just like be really intentional about where you plant yourself. Yes. specifically for these moments. Yes. And I think sometimes we can look around and say like, that's supposed to come naturally. Like we're supposed to just like automatically know who to go to and who to talk to and whatever. And a lot of times this requires us to seek out discipleship, to seek out authority, to seek out mentorship and pastorship, like to actually go and ask questions and to build relationships with people in leadership in our churches and not just wait for them to approach you, right? That this requires action and effort on your part. Uh, the next one we have here, so first door is that if it requires you to reject biblical authority, it's not from the Lord. Mm-hmm. The next one is that if it feeds your pride. Now, this one's interesting because I I find that obviously every root of sin is in pride. We know this. This is proven. This is easy to understand that all sin is rooted in pride. Mm-hmm. So pride leads us to sin. It leads us to death. It leads us to destruction. But I've never really seen somebody take a door of demotion or of like a really humble door before you know we tend to feel like anytime god's taking us somewhere new it's got to be something bigger better greater right it's like we um this is the issue with youth pastors that they go from like a small church with like 20 to 50 students right and then they get this opportunity where another church is like we're going to pay you more money and our youth ministry is like 100 plus kids that's like a awesome opportunity in the first place like that's awesome but we just they just take it because it's like this is the lord giving me more like he's Mm -hmm. seen my faithfulness here he's going to give me more and sometimes that's true like it's impossible for us to fully know the reasoning behind it but when's the last time that god gave you an opportunity that was like hey we want you to go from this like big platform where um you have a lot of reach and it seems really awesome and he's like hey i want you to like downsize all of this and I want you to go do this ministry with just a few people. Mm -hmm. 
Like that's a humble door and that's a difficult door to walk through. Yeah. But if it's from the Lord, you're going to have way more success and way more fruit from that than anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and that's like the main moral of this whole thing is that like, if you want to be truly effective is that you've got to walk through the right doors and don't waste time on ones that are not from him. Mm-hmm. Number three is the door requires a rush decision. If it feels hasty, it feels like you need to rush into it. This is a problem, right? This goes back to what I was saying earlier about God's timing is not rushed. God is not concerned about our immediate, you know, he's looking far, far beyond um, what we can possibly understand and what we can see. And we need to understand that our goal in this is not like whatever is quick and easy for my life. It's Mm -hmm. what is going to have the most lasting impact on the kingdom of God. Um, Proverbs 13, two says, desire without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Uh, Again, all throughout scripture, we find that the faster we try and move through life and things, we're going to make a lot more mistakes. And then that's going to waste the most of our time. Like that's the reality. Mistakes are going to slow you down more than anything else. Yeah. When you spend two years of your life in the wrong place at the wrong time, because you really wanted it, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Like I, I've been there, mm-hmm. right? Like I said, the reason why this means so much to me is because I felt like I'll get some direction from the Lord, like some vision in a similar way where David was anointed to be king. It's like, I know like this is something the Lord has for me to do. And then I try and force my way into it because right. yeah. it's exciting. Yes. I'm like, this is such a cool opportunity. I love this. It's part of what God's designed me to do. It's the desires of my heart, right? So everything in me is like, I want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, Let's do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and God's like, no, no, this yeah. is like five, 10, 15 years from now. And I'm trying to like force myself into it right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've succeeded at that. Yeah. And then been like, why is this so painful? Like, why is this so difficult? Why is this yeah. so exhausting? Why am I so tired now? Why is every ready. step? It's like, yeah. this. it's not the right time. Yeah. Right. It might be the right call. It might be the right ministry. But if we do it in the wrong timing... We can mess it all up because that wasn't the door. In fact, the door was closed to me and I'm like pushing my way through it, like whatever it (laughs) takes um, to like get this thing that I want. And I've lost sight of the fact that like it's not about what I want. It's what he wants. Mm -hmm. Um, In a similar way, David, in this moment when he had this opportunity, it's like everything in him is telling him this is what God wants for you. Is Saul to be gone? So now you're king. Yeah. Yet that wasn't the right timing. And we're so grateful that David was able to see it. But um, I always wonder, like, what if he did yeah. kill Saul in that moment? Like, yeah. what? how would the story have continued? Would that be the end of it? You know, would the soldiers outside have just been, like, angry that they just he just killed Saul and just wiped David and all his men out? Like, mm-hmm. they stand no chance in this battle. I'm like, what would have happened? It could have been the end of David's story. Um, but he chose to wait longer. And we know that he waited at least another like five years before he was king after mm-hmm. that point. In fact, he waited so long that the dude who anointed him, Samuel, ended up dying before Saul died, yeah. which is even scarier because yeah. it's like the dude is in charge of my legitimacy. Yeah. yeah. Is he's gone now too. So this whole situation is him trusting and waiting on the Lord. And he's been doing this for years. Um, thankfully, David learned that at a young age and he continued to walk in that. So the Lord blessed him. Mm-hmm. And the Lord continued to open doors from that place and continue to give him that stewardship. So um, it's just patience, right? Really learning how to wait 
and to trust the Lord is huge and your life will get so much better and more effective when we learn to do that. Mm -hmm. Amen. And I like what you were saying about how, you know, in your life, how this has looked and that sometimes it can be the right thing at the wrong time and you're excited and you're like expectant and looking forward to that. And so you rush into things. And I think another way this can go is being discontent. And mm -hmm. so you're discontent and you want to change your circumstances. And so you see something good that's different and you rush into it. And I've seen so many people make huge mistakes this way and permanent mistakes and things yeah. that are, you know, all of it's redeemable, but there's a cost and there's a consequence yeah. to those kind of decisions. And, you know, discontentment will ruin your life <laughs> if you let it go unchecked and you're not finding your satisfaction and your meaning and your identity in the Lord. Yeah. I also want to add, like, uh, this was a part of this message that I haven't fully given or talked about because I, I never have time for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll write it like a 30 minute message and then talk for 45, 50 minutes. So, um, <laughs> you got time today. But relationships is such a huge part yes. of this. Mm -hmm. People will feel like they want to have a family, right? They want to have a wife, they want to have a spouse, whatever, and they want to have kids. And so we, there's this tendency, especially in the church, to like just get that done as quickly as possible. Yes, mm -hmm. that's not to say I'm like all up, I'm a huge proponent for people getting married um, younger rather than older. I think mm -hmm. that the sooner we can get to that stage of our life and begin to walk in it is awesome. But it's got to be in God's timing, regardless. Yes, yeah. And if we're just rushing into it, we're gonna settle for things that we shouldn't be settling for. And it's not that like that person's a bad person that you're dating or you're in this relationship with, but they just might not be the right person for you. That's going to be most helpful to you in your ministry. I've seen people who felt really called to be pastors, mm -hmm. marry someone because they just really wanted to marry someone and their spouse does not want to be a pastor's wife. Right. So this man who feels like God, everything in him, like God's called me to be a pastor. The wife's like, I want no part of that. Now we have an issue, right? Mm -hmm. And so now he either he can't walk in his calling or if he does, it's going to cause all sorts of like pain and turmoil to his wife that otherwise might not have been there if there was just more willingness to be patient yeah. and trust the Lord yeah. and see what God, what else God had in store. Yeah. I mean, we see this over and over again. This happens all the time so sadly. And, you know, people will be so excited and wanting these things, which are good things. Like it is a good thing to want a family, to want security, to want stability, to want to have children. Like those aren't, those aren't wrong desires. Those are God given. Right. Those aren't wrong desires, but back to the contentment conversation, if you're looking for those things to satisfy or mm. to um, fulfill or to like complete something about your own life, that's not the purpose. That's not what it's for. It's not going to do that. It's actually going to be really hard if that's what you're approaching it from. And also, you, you know, if you have counsel and you have people in your life that are telling you, Hey, maybe wait, Hey, maybe you're not ready. Mm -hmm. I've never known anyone that ignored that. And things have gone well. I just, I just haven't seen that be successful. And that doesn't mean that it can't be redeemed and restored, but it's, <laughs> it's a lot of hard work on the back end when you do things that way. So yeah, it's some heartache that could have yeah. been saved. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure. I think about like get rich quick schemes. Yeah. When I think of this point of like, yeah how people like lose all their money because they invested in some like janky like pyramid scheme or something yeah um because there's like the this promise of like a fulfillment of financial fulfillment that really isn't going to be there and it requires like we're talking like this 
this quick action, like jump on it now while it's small and then it'll you'll grow with the business, like all this stuff. And it only leaves people in financial ruin or being absolutely destroyed by whatever business that they were trying to like promote or whatever it looks like. Um, but it's the same thing in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's like the even if you were successful, doesn't mean it's going to be good for you. Yeah. Right. And that's. That's what I always think back to for myself is that even if I'm successful in getting through this door or this opportunity that I really, really want, does not mean it's going to be helpful or good for me. And it is. And oftentimes it isn't. Um, And there's so much more pain and struggle that comes with it. Um, Like what you're saying about getting rich is like, even if you got like you won the lottery or you got lucky with this uh, one stock you invested in and now you just get all of this money all of a sudden does not mean that's a good thing for you. No, it's yeah. like fame. Like the most depressed, high suicide rate, like populations in the world are like wealthy, famous people that, you know, seem to have it all. And those things filled holes that mm-hmm. they thought, you know, they thought they were going to fill these holes in their hearts and in their lives. And it just doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Our security and our um, confidence and all of it has to come from the Lord first and foremost. And if we can't feel content in that, then... Um, we're not going to feel content anywhere. Yeah. So. yeah. so we've talked a lot about what doors that are not from God look like. So on the reverse, what are signs that a door is from God? My favorite part. Yes. <laughs> the good news. So how do we know that a door is from the Lord? How do we discern and go, yes, this is the one that the Lord wants me to walk through. Um, I like working in opposites. So these are opposites of what we were working with before. The first one is that it is supported and encouraged by biblical authority. Not only is it in alignment with the word of God and like approved by the word of God, but it's even encouraged. Like these are things that God has said, you should do these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These are good things that I have in store for you. And this goes into the church as well. The church's authority. Anything that is really good from the Lord. Let's say you're in a church that loves God, hopefully. (laughs) And it's like (laughs) genuinely like your leaders are, um, in tune with the Lord and the Holy Spirit and they're seeking him and they're seeking to uh, know what's best and to understand him and um, walking with him. So we're assuming that first off, if you don't have mm-hmm. that, then you're in the wrong church. Yes. So <laughs> if your leaders are in that place, when you approach them, right, seeking counsel and you're like, this is an opportunity, um, even if you're a youth pastor in a church and it's like, I really, f- I've got this another opportunity for a different church. Is this from the Lord? And if your church leadership is praise about it and is like, yeah, we think this is good for you, that's awesome. Yeah. Like this is a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is an opportunity. It's not only a great opportunity, but it's supported. Mm -hmm. So you're not just leaving this church empty handed or on your own. Like I'm just moving on to the next thing. Or with baggage behind you or broken relationships, right? You're leaving it with the support and the encouragement and the prayers of everybody else in that church mm-hmm. and with well-founded and good relationships left behind. Like it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I've seen that as well in um, my years of ministry. So I've seen people just walk away flippantly and the damage it's caused. And mm-hmm. I've seen people who have very patiently um, and through counsel and prayer sought the Lord in the way that the Lord has sent them off to new things from the support of their churches and it's like such an awesome thing. Yeah. Um, so beautiful. And like it can't be understated. Like that is should be your goal. Is and if you feel like you're not getting support from it, 
but you 100% know it is the Lord, then I would say you should still walk in it. Like it is entirely possible for your church to be like, this seems weird. I don't think you should do this or because of their own selfishness, right? right? This is possible, but I'd be hesitant, like very hesitant if we're, if you're not getting support from your church um, or the people in your life, your peers that are close to you and everyone's like, I don't think this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. Be really hesitant before you walk through that door because it could be the wrong door and you don't want to make a mistake. Yeah. Absolutely. I, like in Proverbs eleven fourteen, here where it says, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, there is victory too. So like the situation you're just talking about, it might be helpful to have, you know, if there's one person that's telling you like, this is wrong for you, this is bad, like, you know, not to counteract what they're telling you, but just to run things by multiple, like to have yeah. sources in your life, have relationships that you've built and invested in over time where you can kind of run things by an abundance of counselors. That's entirely biblical. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is where having, we're coming into a situation with humility is so, so, so important. Um, one of the verses you have here is Proverbs twelve fifteen, um, And it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. And how often have we been fools in this way where we're just like, no, I know what's right for my <laughs> life. I know what this looks like. And we have to approach this situation in particular where you're going to authority to ask their uh, more than their opinion, but for their blessing or on something uh, that requires such humility mm -hmm. to like mm -hmm. go and be like, hey, I'm I'm saying I don't know what's best for my life. Like yeah. I'm I'm choosing not to be a fool <laughs> and I'm being a wise man here to come and get guidance from you and. I guess this is just me saying, like, sometimes it's not easy. Like, it requires a lot of you to take this step, but it it's absolutely required. True. And humility leads into the next point. Yeah. yeah. So the second sign that it is from the Lord is that it requires you to humble yourself. Um, again, God does not give doors of pride. He gives doors of humility, opportunities for you to be humble. Um, Jesus is the greatest example of this. Yeah. Literally, God incarnate. Um, the son of God came and humbled himself, laid aside all of his um, own power and like strength and authority to become a man yeah. in order to die and to sacrifice himself so much. So that, like Jesus wasn't, even though Jesus was performing miracles, it wasn't like just the strength inside of himself while he's this man performing these miracles. It was through the power and the anointing of the father and through the Holy Spirit. Um, we know that Jesus himself had to be baptized and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, there's this whole thing where it's like, it's not just, not every opportunity is going to be some huge promotion. Oftentimes the best opportunities God's going to give you is demotion. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's going to be things that are extremely difficult and it's going to cost you money and time and your sleep and all sorts of things. And these are good things. And again, it goes back to like what I said earlier. These are the best things for you if it's from the Lord. Like you're going to feel so much more content, satisfied, and you're going to have so much more fruit in your life from it. Mm -hmm. um, again, like I've seen this in and of myself. This even gets into things like um, with marriage and kids, right? A lot of people don't want to have kids these days because it's a lot of work. This is what I've been thinking about this whole time when you're talking about demotion. Yeah, people, people <laughs> don't want to have children. Yeah. Because they feel like it will be a burden on their life or they just wanna they just wanna wait a long time before they have kids because it's gonna hinder how they live their life and how fun it is or whatever. 
um, which there's so many lies in there that yeah. are just simply not true. But it is a lot of work. I have not slept the same since we've had no. our daughter. Neither is my wife. Like our sleep has been absolutely ruined. But I do it again in a heartbeat. 100%. Because the fruit of it, and I know the long-lasting um, kingdom-producing progress that is going to get made is so worth it. Amen. So um, in the same way Jesus was able to endure the cross for the joy set before him, we have to put our eyes not on ourselves, not on our feelings or this immediate, and put them on um, what the Lord has in store and try and catch a, just even a glimpse of his vision and his understanding. And if you can do that, um, it gets so much easier. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot, just in the way culturally we talk about motherhood and fatherhood similar. I think motherhood's just a little bit more intense because usually it's the primary caretaker and there's a, a little more like time sacrifice required. Different things for fatherhood as well. Huge burden, not minimizing that at all. But viewing viewing that sacrifice, viewing that like loss of individuality, of time, of energy, of beauty, like all those things, right? Viewing that as a negative instead of as an opportunity to become like Christ. And instead of viewing that as an opportunity to be purified and sanctified. And we just, we don't view it correctly as Christians a lot of times where we're looking at it and we're talking the same as the world in the way that we're talking about it, where we're saying, you know, oh, I'm just going to wait. And oh my gosh, yeah, kids, they just suck out, suck the life out of you. And they, you know, whatever, all these things where we talk so negatively about it. And it's like, it's, it's a perfect opportunity. It's, it's this like very physical, obvious opportunity to be made humble and to be, to just be a little bit more like Jesus, to be made like him. And that doesn't just happen every time someone has a child, but purposefully as a believer, it should be a beautiful opportunity for yeah. you to become holy. Yeah. So a side note in there is like, please stop talking bad about your kids. Oh my gosh. I know. Uh, the amount of times as a new parent, especially even while we're pregnant, the amount of people are like, it's so weird. Good luck. <laughs> like, yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, like, like enjoy uh, it. Yeah. You're yeah. never going to sleep again. And like, which uh, some of which is true. <laughs> like, again, it's like there's all oh, we're not we're not trying to make light of the amount of work that is in this. No, we're in it. <laughs> but it's the joy and the benefits and the like blessing in it far outweighs and like you're saying long term kingdom building like the beautiful fruit the like arrows in the hands of a warrior that children are oh, yeah. to christian parents and christian families like it's it's not this horrible terrible thing that's doomed to steal everything from you and make your life miserable like that's just that's a terrible way to talk about a person that god made like yeah. it's just awful yeah, and if you feel like you have a hard time understanding or feeling like you want kids, um, do youth ministry for a little while, <laughs> and it will change your perspective. True. And it will also teach you how to work with no reward because children are not the best at um, <laughs> giving compliments or oh encouragements gosh. when you do things for them, especially junior hires are the worst at this. It's the best. Um, and the worst it, and the best. It's like such a good thing for <laughs> our hearts. When you, you could put so much work Let's say you're planning an event and you'll spend like days, hours, whatever it is, prepping this thing. Yeah. All for the sake of these kids. To and complain. then the kids will show up and be like, this is it. Like, oh, can we go do something else? Like, you like, could make the most immaculate yeah. dinner for these kids. Yeah. And they'll be like, you kind of smell today. And they're like, like yeah. can we just have like pizza or something? Like, can we go get Little Caesars, yeah. Taco Bell, like anything else yeah. other than what Seriously? I like spent hours painstakingly preparing for you? Oh my gosh. And it's like, it's such like a 
sweet <laughs> thing, which sounds funny <laughs> to say. But every time it happens, I'm like, man, these kids are like so innocent and they just really don't understand yeah. in a lot of ways all this work that's gone into it. And they don't need to. No. Like it's not their responsibility to understand how much work you put into it. Yeah. And there's this with I don't know, I get this too. And it feels like we want to like tell these kids, like, do you understand how much work I've done for right. you? Like, do you understand all I've done for you? And we're seeking a reward in the wrong place. Right. Yes, it's like yeah. if you get no acknowledgement for the work for God's kingdom that you've done, good. Yeah, like, it's that's better. a good thing it's for better. you. Um, I was actually me and my wife were just talking about this the other day, which is like those moments where you feel left out unnoticed uh where everyone else is getting accolades and all of this mm -hmm. stuff and you just feel like did everyone just miss me mm -hmm. like didn't did you not just see what i've done yeah there's something there's something good in that and there's something humbling in it and like i said like this that's a good place for you to sit for a little bit and just start to learn and recognize that it's not about those accolades mm -hmm. Right. We yeah. don't do it for people. We do it for the Lord. And the Lord is the one who's going to reward us. The Lord is the one who's going to bless you. And you're going to stand before him and he's going to say, well done. You've been faithful. And that's more than enough. And until we learn that, we're going to constantly feel um, struggle. We're going to feel left out. We're going to feel like nothing we do is ever good enough. We're going to strive too much mm -hmm. to the point of exhaustion. And we're going to burn ourselves out because we're just trying to please people who in all respect are basically impossible to please <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, because we are so sinful and selfish that nothing ever feels good enough to us. Mm, true. All right. So this last door or this last sign that a door is from the Lord. It requires patience. Romans eight twenty five um, says, if we hope for what we do not see with patience, we will eagerly wait for it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God, and he will make your path straight. 2 Peter 3, 8, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day to the mm -hmm. Lord. God is not concerned, and God is not trying to orchestrate your life for your immediate satisfaction. Mm-hmm but it's all for his eternal glory. Everything God does is not for our immediate satisfaction. It's for his eternal glory. Like this is just a truth that we need to learn and we need to understand. Your life is not meant for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that's hard. <laughs> like I get it because it just sometimes feels like it is right? right. It's just, that's what we know and that's what we focus on. But this being, this God that we worship and we love is outside of all time, all space, all matter, which is a whole other thing that will explode Dude. your brain when you think about it too much because yep. it's impossible for us to understand in our feeble minds. Yet this God has a whole story that's been playing out for thousands and thousands of years. Mm -hmm. You are a small piece of this. You should be grateful to be a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reality is we should have such a grateful heart to be a part of this. And we need to understand patience because it's not about you. Right. It's not about what I want. It's not about, like I said, this immediate satisfaction. It's all for his glory. It's all for like, what is the kingdom of God doing? What is the Lord doing that he wants to accomplish in the next 10,000 years? Yeah. I don't know. And that's like a difficult thing yeah. to even try and think about is like, I don't know what 10,000 years from now is going to look like. Yeah. Well, Jesus have come back a second time by then. Like, I don't know. 
But I do know that God has a plan and he has a purpose. And I want to figure out what my p- place in that is, what my piece of this puzzle is, mm-hmm. my piece of the story. And I just want to do that the best that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Because I know when I do that, I'm accomplishing what his will and his purpose is. Mm-hmm. And that's where the blessing and the reward is. And that's where we're going to feel um, most satisfied and most secure and most accomplished is because Amen. I did exactly what God wanted for me to do. Yeah. So Matt also gave a variation of this message to our ninth and 10th graders on Sunday morning. And one thing that he said to them that I think fits in well at this point was kind of saying like, you're not special (laughs) in the kindest way. And in the most like um, just matter of fact way, like we talk, we place such a high importance. I was going to say you're just unique like everybody else. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You and everybody yeah. else. Yeah, he's like you and every single other person. We're all kind of the same, but with slightly different like brain makeup. You know what I mean? And um, I think that that's kind of important to note here. Like we've placed such an emphasis on the individual that we forget that it's so not about us and so not about our own fulfillment. And with life with the Lord, there is fulfillment and there is joy that we get to experience as individuals. But that's not the summation of our life. It should be the summation of our life should be that we brought glory to the Lord and that we were patient in these times of change and that we did all of these things, not on our own strength, but with the Lord for the Lord and Mm. for the advancement of his kingdom. And you know what? When we die, probably nobody will remember us in, you know, however many years And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like that is really okay because God didn't create us to be remembered. He created us to reflect him and to advance his kingdom. And I think that that's something that is scary for a lot of people that Mm -hmm. like, I need to like leave my mark on the world. And I think obviously there are people that have, and it's not out of the question that (laughs) one of us could, but it's, that's not the point. And I think that that kind of ties in to what you're talking about here. Yeah. And Pastor Neil talks about how you don't want to leave this life having like collected all these things. You don't want to leave life full with like all of this stuff. You want to leave life empty. Mm, yeah. And what he means by that is not that um, you want to leave life sad and depressed, but like finished. Like you've yeah. accomplished everything. Like it's it's done. And we find this example through Jesus, who even on the cross in this moment said, it is done. Like I've I accomplished my task. We yeah. also see him. Um, where he says that I do nothing outside of what my father is doing, is that Jesus is making this declaration in this point of which we're to follow, which is that I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. I'm not healing anybody outside of what God has already ordained and directed for me, Mm -hmm. what God has intended for me. There are people that Jesus did not heal. He did a lot of miracles. There are people that were alive at that time who I'm sure had tons of ailments and diseases or all sorts of stuff that Jesus could have healed, but he did not because that was not the intent or the will of the father, which is a whole other difficult theological yeah. thing to understand of like, why, well, why not? Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't God want to heal everybody? And the reality is we're all going to die someday. Not everybody's going to get healed because you got to die some point. Yeah. How that happens. Does it really matter? Yeah. It doesn't. So, but it's this understanding that our life requires patience. And, it, and to me, it really it really requires like a refocusing of our attention mm-hmm. to get it off of the immediate and put it on something that's so much more long lasting 
um, like you said, Katie, to be able to be at the end of your life and when at, at your funeral, people do say he was faithful to the Lord, he honored the Lord. It's not he made a bunch of money, super successful business, all of this stuff. Like yeah. all of those things are so unimportant and so fleeting. Yeah. Um, which the more life you live, you start to learn that. Um, I know that even my like own parents have learned that so much more than I do. And it's like, it's fun to like see them and try and understand and get their perspective of like, these things don't matter Mm -hmm. as you get older. Um, Your grandparents care a lot less about money as much as they do about spending time with their family. They should. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They should. Yeah. And that's not to say that we don't need to work and care about your finances. Like you, you should very much so care about those things, but it's a, it's a perspective change. Like what is the most important things what are the things that are um forever what are the things that are never ending even when you leave this life and that is the kingdom of the lord mm-hmm. yeah. and it's only that so it's like i'm invested in that right um if i live my whole life without a huge house and a ton of money if i live my whole life and i never felt like fully comfortable or fully satisfied with my finances like not a single worry in the world I would gladly sacrifice that for the sake of the kingdom of the Lord yeah. um, because it is so much better and so much more rewarding. And you're going to stand before the Lord someday and he's going to reward you for it. And you don't want to miss that. Yeah. I don't want to stand before the Lord someday. And he's like, congrats. You made a bunch of money. <laughs> like it, yeah. it's not, it won't And he matter. won't say that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's going to be like, you wasted so much time trying to like develop all of this physical wealth. And you like completely missed and failed all of these other things that I had for you. Um, All of these people that I wanted you to minister to, all of the families that wanted to be built, you know, all the ministries that the Lord had for you to do. And we just ignore them will be such like a gut wrenching and difficult thing to sit before the Lord and him be like, you walk through all of these doors, all of these opportunities that were never intended for you, you know, and I personally... (laughs) don't want to be in that place, Um, which is why I think it's so important that we are just aware and intentional about where you're going with your life, the places that you are right now. Evaluate, figure out if you've already walked through some doors that you shouldn't have, get out of there Mm -hmm. as quickly as you can. Well, don't be too hasty (laughs) um, as always. But like if you're in a place that, you know, this is not where the Lord has for me, Figure out where he wants you to go and go there instead. Yeah. Um, It's never too late to backtrack. It's never too late for repentance. We're so blessed because of that. Um, I would say, with the exception of marriage, (laughs) (laughs) of having made a covenant and married someone, that is the exception here. But yes. Yes. (laughs) This is true. And I feel like it's obvious, but I feel the need to say it. Thank you. Um, Yeah, um, that's a whole other message. (laughs) But yes, Yes. Um, marriage is a lifelong covenant that yeah. you're making between your spouse and the Lord, even if you feel like you made the wrong choice or even something. Even if it was the wrong choice at the time, covenant's a covenant. Yeah. That's why you don't rush. If you are faithful in it, God is going to bless it. In all of this, it's easy to be patient. It's easy to trust him. It's easy to be humble when you know that the character of God, like, yes, he's sovereign and he's powerful and he's holy and he sees all of it. And that's incomprehensible. But also he's kind and he's intimate and yeah. he does care about you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't just want to take good things away from you. He wants to give you good things in the right time and for his purposes and for his glory and for your ultimate satisfaction, right? So, Mm -hmm. which is not 
temporary. So all that to say, thank you so much, Matt. This has yes. been a yeah, great conversation. Thank you guys for sticking around. We know this is a longer one, but <laughs> I think it's a worthwhile thing to discuss and I hope it blessed you. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns or things that this brings up for you that you'd love for us to talk about, you can always reach out to us over our email at thekatiespodcast at gmail.com or you can reach us on Instagram at thekatiespodcast and we would love to hear from you and continue this conversation however would benefit you. So that's it for today, but yes. we love you guys and yeah. we'll talk to you soon. God bless you guys. Yeah, it's been good talking to you. Bye. Bye.